The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. farmer's wife end up dead with a corn rake impaled in her back. Now, how could that be an accident? Well, we know it's not suicide. I mean, that's physically impossible. But could it be an accident? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. You are hearing just a tiny bit of that 911 call Take a listen to a little bit more. Let's see what clues we can glean. I'm going to have another dispatcher get on. Um, I'm going to ask you to pass it. Can you pull over? I can. Okay. How about you pull over? Sir, sir what are, what's, your current, what's your current location? And we'll get an ambulance headed your way. Um, I'm going to ask you to pass it. Can you pull over? I can. Okay. okay. How about you sir, pull over? Sir, what's your, current, what's your current location? And we'll get an ambulance uh, headed your way. Uh, all right. Uh, well, Brian Coleman's new house. I can be right in Oneida, right? East, Oneida. Uh, right? East, East Oneida. Oneida. Okay, let's... Did you guys do anything? She's just... 
Okay. What What is your name, sir? North. And what are you driving? White Chevy. I still don't understand how a woman, a farmer's wife, can be impaled in the back and it'd be an accident. With me, an all-star panel to break it down and put it back together again. First of all, with me, Dr. Kendall Crowns, medical examiner out of Travis County, Texas. That's Austin. Karen Stark, psychologist, joining me out of Manhattan, KarenStark.com. James Shellnut, major case detective, SWAT officer, out of Atlanta Metro, retired. Ashley Wilcott, judge and trial lawyer, court TV anchor at AshleyWilcott.com. But first, to Levi Page, CrimeOnline.com, investigative reporter, where you can read about this and all other breaking crime and justice news. Levi Page, first of all, Explain to me the precise injuries this woman, Amy Mullis, suffered. How do you get a corn rake in the back? Well, Nancy, she did have a corn rake in her, and we know that the medical examiner that examined the body said that this was a homicide after examining her body. Well, that's interesting that he could know that uh, from just looking at the injury on her back, a mortal injury, I might add. I'm talking about a 39-year-old woman, a mother, a wife with her life in front of her. At 39, you're just getting started. You're starting to realize what all you did wrong in your 20s, and you're fixing it. Dr. Kendall Crowns, this is when we need you, medical examiner out of Austin. Dr. Crowns, how can you just look at a back injury and tell it's a homicide? What if, you know, typically, um, many, many barns, most barns, have a, an upper level. It could be storage. It could be anything. But if she fell from an upper level onto a corn rake, and, you know, those corn rakes are mean-looking rakes. Uh, Jackie's holding one up for effect right now in the studio, and it, it looks pretty evil. It's got four tongs, and they curl backwards just imagine it coming up curling backwards into a circle and then sharp tongs pointing upward it looks pretty evil so how can he just look at it he or she look at that and say oh yeah that's homicide yeah, well the key thing is is from the the autopsy report it says there are six injuries whereas the uh, corn rake has four prongs so that means there's at least two extra injuries on there beyond the number of prongs the corn rake has. So to get six injuries, she would have had to have fallen twice on it or someone would have had to have done it to her. So unless she's Wiley Coyote, uh, someone did it to her. Well, do all corn rakes have four prongs? Are there any corn rakes that have six prongs? Well, you got me there, Nancy. I don't know. I'm not a proficiency expert on corn rakes so my understanding was it was okay wildly shaking her head no is jackie jackie how do you know there's not only oh i'll rephrase your honor how do you know there's only four prongs always on a corn rake grew up on a farm worked in corn corn rakes have four prongs there are other tools like lawn rakes that have more the corn rakes only have four. Okay, now see, Ashley Wilcott, judge and trial lawyer and court TV anchor at AshleyWilcott.com. Ashley, that's what you call an expert witness. I'd have to, and believe me, I the blue, James Shelnut, you probably remember since you were SWAT and homicide in Atlanta Metro. 
Ashley, sometimes you just got to call somebody and put them on the stand to explain that kind of thing. Like right now, I'm sure a jury would want to know, well, how do I know it's not a six-pronged corn rake? Well, I guess, according to expert Jackie Howard, it has to have four prongs. Well, absolutely. You can use an expert. But don't forget this. You know, this occurs where they are farmers. This is farmland. So keep in mind, a jury of your peers, quote unquote, is going to know probably a lot about farm tools as well. Okay, guys, we were talking about the death of a beautiful young mom. Amy Mullis, just 39 years old, in her farm on her farm, the family farm. Let's hear more of that 911 call. His wife in the vehicle, unresponsive. They're coming to Oneida. I asked him to stop there. We've got the ambulance paged out. Can you that way? Can I get a little closer? He's Oneida. Can I get a closer? I've got, an, I've got an officer almost to where you're at. Okay. Okay. I'll turn it off so they can get her. Okay, you hear someone saying, Amy, 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 Levi Page, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Who is that? That is Todd Mullins that is saying that, Nancy. So explain to me that the Todd Mullins is the husband? Yes, he is the husband. He's 43 years old, and the victim in this case is Amy Mullins. She is 39 years old. Uh, You're hearing the 911 call. You hear the husband saying, Amy, Amy, Amy. You know, that's a horrible moment. Karen Stark, psychologist, joining me out of Manhattan. You can find her at karenstark.com. I remember, I think the first time my dad had a heart attack and I could hear my mom. The first thing I heard early, early in the morning was her going, Mac, 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 and a slapping sound. She was trying to revive his heart. That's a terrible feeling, Karen Stark. I know, Nancy. I had the same thing with my dad. And I remember it clearly, Amy, 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 because he wants this operator to believe, this person to believe that he's really making an effort to revive her. That would be the normal thing to do, even though he's saying that it seems like she's not alive. He keeps wanting to say, Amy, 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 like he's doing the best he can to see if he can revive her. Well, Jackie Howard, I thought I had you stumped because I went on Google to look up corn rakes, and I found one with about 12 prongs. Guess what? It's a it's not a corn rake. It's a it's a thatch rake, and it's Google's fault because it came up under corn rake. Miss uh, Know It All. Okay, take a listen to this. So what what happened that she's not conscious or breathing? What she she fell on a fork. I had two goddamn fork on her. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Responding. 
Was this like a pitchfork? Uh, one of them old uh, cornforks. Uh, right. That's like a side of one. Yeah, well, it's kind of got a curve on it. I don't know how to freaking happen. I'm sorry about my cursing. Okay. So is, is she bleeding? I, I can't tell. I just, okay. when I seen it, I just, I, she was face down. Just hold the pitching out of her. No, how how old is she? I couldn't get out of the door. How old is she? Is she 38? Okay. She's going to be 38 or 39. Okay. She did not respond to me. Okay. Okay, now, did you hear that? To Dr. Kendall Crown's medical examiner joining me out of Austin, that's Travis County, Texas. Dr. Kendall Crown's, he said she was face down. Now, I find that significant because if you fall from an upper level... Wouldn't you, if it's, if you're impaled through your back, you could probably verbalize this better than I can. But if you fall onto it, how could you get then face down if you fell onto it? Because he definitely says it was an accident. Yeah, that is very odd that she's face down. I would think that if she fell onto it, she would remain on her back. But there is also always the possibility that she rolled. Or if she fell from a height, that she fell onto it and bounced. But again, that's very unlikely. What? Well, what? Did you just say she fell and bounced? If she fell from an upper level and paled on it and, and kind of bounced, if you will, after she hit it, it was stuck. I over. find that really hard to believe, Doctor Kendall Crowns. I mean, you are the medical examiner. As do I. Bounce it, with a corn rake seems, in your it back. Seems, uh, but you, there's, there's always a possibility. Okay, but you know, Ashley Wilcott, we don't deal in possibilities. We deal in probabilities and reasonable doubt beyond, uh, uh, you know, find the evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. Take a listen to this, Ashley. Sir, do you feel comfortable uh, doing CPR? I can try. I'll try anything. Okay. Is she is she flat on the? Are you able to get her flat across maybe the seat? Well, I think it's from the back of the truck. Uh, but she's laying on my son's lap. Okay. Oh my God! When I pushed on her, she she got like foam in her mouth. She's foaming from the mouth. I don't know how to get her laid flat. She's. You know what I mean? She's laying across the truck's lap. Uh, she's got a red brush, you know, around her back. If he's able to get on, maybe he can get on the floor of the truck and she can get, you can lay her across the seat so we can get her flat. Go to truck and get out and we lay her on the, and we're able to get her on the seat. First of all, to Levi Page, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, I don't recall you telling me that the son was there. Tell me about the son, and is the mom actually lying in his lap? Yes, the son was 13 years old, Nancy, and he is the one that actually discovered his mother in the barn with the corn rake inside of her. And he called his dad and said, look what happened to mom. And they put her into his vehicle, his truck, and went on the road. He called 911, then they pulled over, and that's when he started doing chest compressions, and then an ambulance actually came and met So him. I guess they took the rake out. 
to get her into the car. Yes, he took the rake out because he said that he could not get her out of the barn with the rake still inside of her. Oh, my stars. To Dr. Kendall Crowns Medical Examiner, Austin, Texas. Dr. Crowns, what does it mean if foam is coming out of your mouth? Well, foam coming out of your mouth is usually from pulmonary edema or your lungs filling up with a fluid with heart failure. We see that a lot in drug overdoses and drownings. Uh, it could be if it was bloody foam, it could be the fact that her lungs were compromised by the corn rake and she was hemorrhaging into her airways and then it was coming out of her mouth. Guys, this is a part of the 911 call that I find very, very intriguing. Listen. I hope you all have 2020 hearing because Karen Stark's psychologist out of Manhattan, I clearly heard him whisper whore as he's allegedly doing CPR. I heard that and I was listening very carefully and I heard it. I could not hear it, Nancy, because there was a lot of background noise, but I'm going to take your word for it. Let's listen to it again. Listen very carefully. Did you hear it? Yes, I think I did hear it. It's really hard to tell. And let me just suggest uh-uh. this. Wait, wait, wait. Thinking is not enough. James Shelnut, did you hear it? I heard it. Okay, so I've got one person on board. Dr. Kendall Crowns, did you hear it? Yeah, I did. Okay, Levi Page, did you hear it? Yes, I've listened to that like 10 times, and I picked up on it. Okay, so Karen Stark, um, you're the naysayer on the jury. Ashley Wilcott, I think I can turn Ashley, because she says she thinks she heard it. 
I think I can turn her around. I totally heard it, and I'm not the only one. Listen to Marie Hughes. I'm going to play you the part where you're doing the chest compressions, and I'm just going to ask that you listen in between the chest compressions, okay? with Nancy Grace. Now, Chad, did you just hear that whisper at the end of that? Yes. And what did you whisper? I couldn't hear it. Okay, I'm going to play it again. Okay, so I'm not the only one, uh, so I'm not completely insane. So a guy, imagine this, hunched over your body as you're dying, and your husband calls you a whore. Levi Page, uh, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, what brought that on? Well, Nancy, Todd Mullins was actually interviewed by investigators, and he said that in 2013 that his wife had cheated on him, and that in 2018, during the summer, he had suspected that she was having an affair after he had looked at his cell phone bill and had read where she was exchanging a lot of text messages with someone that worked on his farm. Wow, somebody that he worked with every day. To James Shelnut, Atlanta Metro major case detective, retired SWAT officer and lawyer, when he started looking, he saw over a hundred text messages between the two of them in just a couple of weeks. Now, that, I'm sure, raised his suspicion, James Shelnut. Absolutely raised his suspicions. You know, it used to be that, that the personal fingerprint was the gold standard of evidence, and it still is very important nowadays. But more than anything in the society we live in, your electronic footprint, such as cell phone bills, Internet searches, things of that nature, are critical to homicide cases. You know, we are talking, for those of you that just joined us, about the death of Amy Mullis, a 39-year-old wife and mom. She was killed by being impaled on a corn rake in the family barn. To Dr. Kendall Crowns, medical examiner, Austin. Dr. Crowns, again, tell me, why are you so convinced this is murder based on the injuries alone? Well, again, with the corn rake having four prongs, as we've established, there's six injuries. So that's two different strikes. And then the if among those six injuries, four go one direction and two go the another direction. So it's uh, two separate injuries separated in time. So you can't fall on it, get up, take it out, and then fall on it again. I mean, you'd have the worst luck ever if that was your life. To Levi Page, uh, investigative reporter, CrimeOnline.com. Levi, what, if anything, did her friends, uh, Amy Mullis's friends, have to say? So when they were interviewed by law enforcement, they said that they had a nickname for her, and it was P-O-T, Pot, and that stood for Prisoner of Todd. They also said that she wanted to get out of this marriage 
and that he could also make her disappear if he found out that she was having an affair. Take a listen to our friend at KWWL. This is Ashley Scott. According to court records, Todd Mullis, his wife Amy, and their 13-year-old son have been working on their family farm. Amy Mullis had apparently briefly left the shed they had been working in to grab a pet carrier. After noticing she had been gone for a while, Todd Mullis sent their son to check in on her. That is when their son had discovered that his mom had been impaled by a corn rake in her back. Her death was ruled as a homicide the following December. Mullis claims his wife had been experiencing dizzy spells due to a medication she was taking while recovering from surgery. He also suggests that she may have fallen into the corn rake while working from a ladder. However, evidence from the autopsy report shows that Amy had suffered from six fatal puncture wounds, even though the corn rake only had four prongs. According to a police investigation, Todd Mullis had recently learned that his wife had had multiple affairs throughout the course of their marriage. Wait a minute, Levi Page, you only told me about one affair. Well, I told you about the other one that he had in 2013 as well. Oh, I thought that was the same person. No, two two different ones. Okay, all right. I don't like that... uh, preachy judgy tone in your voice by the way levi page not judging (laughs) not judging but nancy also wanted to mention that the medical examiner had also discovered defensive wounds on her hands she had cuts and bruises on her hands and that's also what made him charge this as uh, made him determine that this was a homicide but wait a minute to dr kendall crown's medical examiner austin she works on a farm how do i know those are defensive wounds well usually defensive wounds are in certain locations like the back of forearms back of hands and even front of hands and in areas that you would necessarily wouldn't necessarily injure while you were working so in their shapes you can make the decision whether they're defensive or not you know james shelna an atlanta metro major case retired i recall prosecuting a millionaire for the murder of his wife and their home caught on fire he was found by fire department in the yard across the street lounging romanesque and they talked to him for two or three minutes before he said oh yeah my wife's in there So they got her out. She was still alive, but unconscious. She had bruises to her knees. And I recall the medical examiner said that also could be defensive wounds where you curl up in a ball when you're being beaten, James Shelnut. Absolutely. Yeah, you would expect that. And, you know, that's part of the the, the totality of certainly what you're going to look at as an investigator you know, you're going to do a couple of things. And just, I want to put this in perspective as to what this situation looks like when this guy gets to the hospital. The hospital likely has a protocol where they're going to call law enforcement. They're going to come out and investigators are going to come out and they're going to take the statement of Todd Mullis. Uh, and then one of the investigators is going to take charge and say, hey, let's preserve this evidence. We have a lady struck down the prime of her life. This is something we need to make sure is an accident or confirm whether or not it's a homicide. So you're going to preserve her body as evidence. You're going to be getting those search warrants to do that. And you're going to go out to the scene of where this happened. And you're going to look at a couple of things. You're going to look at what statements Todd Mullis made at the hospital. You're going to look at the crime scene. You're going to try to discover and locate this uh, this corn fort uh, to make sure that that is preserved because you're going to need people like what we've got on the panel here, the medical examiners, to look at that and match up the injuries. Uh, and you're going to look at motive. You're going to look at electronic footprints. So, you know, in this case, looking at motive, uh, you know, three of the most common motives that are out there, as you know, Nancy, are money, sex, and revenge. And this has got all three of them. Well put. Well put. Now I see why you're also a lawyer. You know, aside from the injuries themselves, there is 
also the issue of her feeling threatened during the marriage. For instance, uh, according to her friends, and this is really hard to get into court, to get into evidence, if you want it in evidence, because it's hearsay, and there's really no way to corroborate it. You know, the hearsay rule has many, many exceptions, around 30. For instance, um, a dying declaration. If someone says something and the moment they're dying, that can be allowed in. Um there there are a lot of hearsay exceptions. This, however, is most likely not going to be one. And it is that she felt that he would, quote, make her disappear if he ever found out about the affair. Ashley Wilcott, judge and trial lawyer, anchor at Court TV. How many times have you heard that? Oh, exactly. And guess what? Motive. Juries like to hear a motive behind what's happened. And there it is. You know, to Karen Stark, psychologist at KarenStark.com, joining Set of Manhattan. Karen, there have been so many times I've had a domestic homicide and the woman is almost always a female victim, although there are male victims of domestic homicide. Very few and far between. But so often, I would say well over 50% of the time, the victim has told somebody, family, neighbor, friend, sister, you know, if anything ever happens to me, he did it. Or they've had a an emergency key somewhere to get into somebody else's home. The case I was talking about earlier, the victim, Pat, had given her best friend, both of them were piano teachers, a key. Uh, the best friend had given Pat a key so Pat could get into her home if there was an emergency with her husband. She was that afraid of him. Same thing here, Karen Stark, and typically that evidence does not come into court. But I find it very, very significant, Karen. I agree with you, Nancy. I mean, think about it. We're really close. I haven't heard you say anything like that. I don't say anything like that. It really is the woman understands that she's in a situation that's very frightening and unfortunately doesn't feel like she has the power to leave. She's being that controlled. She feels that dependent on the person. But instinctively, she knows something is really wrong. Maybe she's being beaten behind the scenes or threatened and is letting somebody know if it ever happened, he did it. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. You know, why is it that people have to go online? Has nobody ever listened to crime stories before? Don't they know? Didn't anybody watch top, the Top Mom trial, Casey Anthony, where she uh, did searches for uh, <laughs> how to create homemade chloroform? Anyway, isn't it true to Levi Page that there were some damning searches on his iPad? Yes, and this iPad was linked to his gmail account and the searches were killing unfaithful women and the other search was what happened to cheating spouses in historic aztec tribes okay you know what 
he is a nut. Uh, and of course, I'm going to go to Ashley Wilcott on that. Then to our bona fide shrink, Karen Stark. Ashley Wilcott, did did he just say what happened to cheating women in Aztec culture? Yeah, he sure did. So listen, you know, again, when you have somebody who's performing those kinds of searches on their computer, there's no such thing as coincidence in my mind when it comes to crime. So is it coincidental that, oh, we happen to be looking this up innocently? No, I don't believe that it is. The Internet history included searches on infidelity, historic punishment for cheating spouses, i.e. the Aztec culture. What a weirdo. Okay, not only that, not only that. He researched the placement of organs in the body. Okay, to Dr. Kendall Crowns, that's bad. Yeah, that always is when they're talking about doing something to organs and trying to figure out where the organs are at in the body. And what's the significance of that, Dr. Crowns? Well, you're trying to figure out where what's the best area to hit to kill the person the easiest. So, uh you know, of course, chest is always going to be your number one go-to. You know, the only time I've looked up where are organs in the body is when John David's stomach was hurting. I thought maybe he had appendicitis. He didn't. His search history started uh, all, way back, years before it goes, up to four days before Amy is murdered. Uh, topics like, quote, was killing more accepted centuries ago. Quote, characteristics of cheating women. Quote, did ancient cultures kill adulterers? As Levi Page pointed out, the thrill of the kill. And once you hunt man, you will always feel the thirst. Well, I would want a divorce right there if I heard all of that. Um, Not only that, he also looked at designing wedding rings and bridal shops. That's a complete dichotomy that doesn't even make sense. To Karen Stark, what do you make of his Google searches? Well, Nancy, he obviously was thinking that he was going to be justified in killing her because I, the way that I'm trying to imagine his mind was working, he felt like in ancient times, maybe, you know, he would have been entitled to kill her in some fashion because she was unfaithful. And if you take a look at everything that he's been searching for, it's very clear that something is going to happen. Then he's going to also tell himself that he's justified, that she deserves to have this happen because she's a cheating spouse. To James Shelnut, lawyer, Atlanta Metro major case detective, SWAT officer, retired. James, how do you go about calling that evidence out of a, an iPad in this case? Well, First of all, there's going to be a forensic dump of all the data in this case. Uh, You know, you're going to have uh, your specialist take a look, download everything, search this computer. They're going to go back and issue subpoenas uh, to Internet providers. They're going to go back and and take a look at at all the electronic footprint that's out there. And uh, they're going to confiscate that. There's programs that you can run this data through uh, that looks for certain key identifiers to, to mine the data is what it's called. And those are the common ways that you're going to get that data out. In a very lengthy criminal complaint, cops laid out a case against Todd Mullis. Witnesses describing him as controlling and jealous. Now, how does controlling play into this, Karen Stark? You're the psychologist. Controlling is, Nancy, very clearly somebody who is paranoid, who um, 
constantly thinks that something is going on. And actually, I'm thinking in this case that the more he was trying to control her, the more that she was being, you know, subtly behind his back, trying to be with other people, looking for ways that were indirect to give herself some freedom, unfortunately not leaving. But this was a very insecure man who could not let her be. The medical examiner there in the jurisdiction noted the corn rake only had four tines, as Jackie Howard has pointed out, our expert, but that her body had six puncture wounds from different angles. That's the kicker. To Dr. Kendall Crown's medical examiner, Austin, what would she have gone through in death? So what would have happened is the tines would have punctured through her skin, through her musculature, into her organs. And depending on what's hit, uh, she wouldn't have died instantly. She would have uh, hemorrhaged internally. Uh, it would have taken several minutes for her to bleed out as she's laying there with the corn rake stuck in her body. So you would have had the pain of that and then the slow lingering death from exsanguination or bleeding out. And, you know, that must be a horrible, horrible death. And you see your husband over you calling you a whore at the time your life is draining out of your body. We've been talking about an alleged sex relationship on her part, Amy's part, but I think it was a lot more than that. Because according to Amy Mullis's stepmother, Todd Mullis, the husband, said, quote, he wasn't going to lose the farm over this. Amy Mullis allegedly telling a friend she'd get $2 million and half the farm if she were to leave Todd Mullis. James Shelnut, you said the motives for murder were, let's see, sex, revenge, did you say money? Money, sex, revenge. I mean, you see it over and over, Nancy, as you have when you prosecuted these cases. I mean, $2 million and half the farm. It was all about the farm. Is that ringing a bell, Ashley Wilcott? Remember um, other cases where husbands didn't want to lose half of everything, such as Chris Watts, such as in the Kelsey Barrett case. They weren't married, but they had a child together. He was a farmer. If they broke up, she could go after him for money and child support. I mean, it's a common theme, Ashley. I will never understand it, why individuals resort to these types of heinous murder crime activities instead of just dealing with it and, and losing half of whatever it is and go through a normal divorce. But this is one of the motives that we see again and again, and not just by men in relationships, but also by women. And, you know, to you, Karen Stark, psychologist, how many times have we said, why not just get a divorce? Well, because it takes a certain personality, Nancy because we do say that. But in these cases, you're talking about people who will not have a problem killing somebody else. They're psychopaths, right? So look at the way he killed her. And she, as we were just told, did not die instantly. Here's a man who was enjoying making this woman suffer. He was getting a kick out of what he was doing. And that is not your average person. In the end, Levi Page, the case goes to trial. What was the defense? The defense, Nancy, actually changed. She accidentally fell because she had had outpatient surgery recently, was on medication, and was dizzy. However, the defense, when presented with the medical examiner report that this was a homicide, that there was defensive wounds, that there were 
several puncture wounds. The defense said that someone else that worked on the farm did this. Well, I understand that Tristan, the little son, the 13-year-old boy, took the stand. What was his testimony? He testified about discovering his mother's body and the anxiety that that put him through, Nancy. And the prosecution, in their opening statements, they were very powerful. She hit home the fact that he knew that his wife was in there with a rake in her and that he sent his teenage son in there to find her, knowing that she had a rake in there. And she talked about how evil it is to send your own son in there to discover his mother with a rake in her Mm. and such a horrific scene. In the end, husband Todd Mullis convicted. Ashley Wilcott, what's the possible sentence? All right, so first-degree murder is the charge that he faces, and the possible sentence in this case is life without parole. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.